0: And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer.
1: Well, hello, everyone. This is Captain Jim Palmer, the dream business coach. Welcome to another great interview here on Dream Business Radio. You know, I created this podcast six years ago as another vehicle or platform that I can help you create your dream business so you too can live your dream lifestyle. Be sure to connect with me at GetJimPalmer.com or dreambizcoaching.com. As always, I'd love to share some powerful tips and strategies, and that's what I'm pretty sure my guest is going to do today. Let me introduce to you Shannon Stewart. She is not your typical, typical accountant. Believe me, I've met her, I know her, she's a hard charger. She's a serial entrepreneur and a fearless single mom who has a background in military tactical training and she's not afraid to stand up to anyone, including the IRS, the big bad boogeyman. She is a gun toting, libertarian, proactive tax strategist. Shannon has built a team of tax and financial experts to assist clients in legal tax avoidance. They say there's two things in this world, right? Death and taxes. They're the only guarantees. And Shannon has faced life and death situations while traveling internationally. Ann has come out the other side, really happy about that. And she is also fearless when it comes to everything, including her work. Shannon Stewart, how are you doing today?
2: I'm well, thank you.
1: So I want everybody to know how generous of a person you are. This is the second time I'm interviewing Shannon everybody because we had a major glitch with our our technology. And Shannon said, oh my God, I gotta come back. So thank you so much. And we're gonna knock it out of the park this time too. We are. So I'm, I'm so impressed with everything you've done. I mean, first of all, you know, being a single mom, what a tough job that is. And, you don't. Know, you didn't just create one business. You have a few different businesses and you, you came from a real corporate giant uh, called General Electric. <laughs> OK, um, tell us a little bit about your background and kind of what brought you to this point.
2: You know, it, it's always funny when you are on your journey and doors close that seem, you know, when a door closes, it seems like the whole world is turned upside down and you don't know how it's going to end up. And I can honestly say that when I was with GE, I was one of two advisors that worked with GE employees and executives to help them with their financial planning and mitigate taxes. And when they decided to no longer have my division, I felt like the world was ending. <laughs> and um, now, on the other side of that, 22 years later, to have the firm that I that has been built um, out of out of that has been pretty incredible. So that was the start of my journey. I actually started my journey um, even before GE as a debit agent. So I was a life insurance agent, and you know, collecting premium door to door. So that might age me a little bit. Um, And then I, you know, kind of progressed into the financial world. And as I left GE, I made the decision, you know, I knew that I did not like corporate America. I knew that it was not a good fit for me. I was there because of the benefits and the money. The money was good. Um, But I also had kind of grown up also in an entrepreneurial background as a child. Like I grew up in the front seat of a concrete truck. One of the businesses my family owned um, was a concrete plant. And so I spent my my summers, you know, in the front seat of a concrete truck what, and Like learned- those big cement mixers. Yes, yeah, like and so we had um so back in the seventies we had rear you know rear loaded um cement mixers and then we had the front load um in the early eighties. Wow. And so you know I learned to you know drive a backhoe, you know, and there was day de- there was times I remember as a child when you know our equipment wasn't working and my I would rip the bags open and my dad would you know, jump up on top of that cement mixer and and mix by hand um, and pour in those bags. And so, I mean, it was grunt work. It was hard work. And um, so I always joke with my kids now when I, you know, they have positions within my company. I, you know, I used to like get dirty every day. And the worst thing that they have to look forward to is a paper cut, you know, (laughs) you know,
1: kids today, they have no idea what work is,
2: right? (laughs) They don't, they don't. And and I and I, I'm very blessed. I have really great, great teenagers. But um, you know, my work ethic came from the fact that, you know, my father was military, but we also owned businesses. And, you know, you always had more than one plate spinning, you always had a fallback plan, you always had a strategy. And so I think that's how I built my firm is that, you know, as you said, I, I own different businesses, um, and we have different streams of income because we always want to have a fallback strategy.
1: So what's interesting, I mean, my gosh, uh, the cement business, and I don't know if you remember the movie. uh, Do you remember Rodney Dangerfield, Back to School?
2: Yes.
1: (laughs) I don't know if you know who runs that (laughs) industry. Uh, I think that was the cement, or no, that was a trash removal. Anyway, shame shame on my mind for wandering (laughs) off, right? But anyway, so the the military, I mean, uh, you have a background in military tactical training. Was that from... Um, I think you've used the term army brat or, or military yeah. brat, or is that? Yeah, that
2: So came? I was definitely an army brat. My dad was in the military, you know, did, you know, tours in Vietnam and, you know, I spent my mornings, we would run and sing cadence. And, uh, if I was too mouthy, I would, I was doing push-ups. And so, you know, I spent, um, my dad was my hero, by the way, he was my very best friend and, um, you know, he had a huge impact on my life, but that military upbringing of being that army brat also instilled in me a lot of my, um, I think my, not only my work ethic, but my stamina and my, and my strategy skills. And so when my dad um, got sick in 2014 and 15, one of the things that he really laid on me um, as one of his dying wishes is that I would continue my tactical training. And so I did that. So I found a company that actually uh, we were able to get, you know, tactically trained as far as um, from a hostage situation to um, surviving, you know, from a tactical standpoint when you have nothing, you know, and then also hand-to-hand um, combat from a tactical standpoint, driving a car tactically. We went through um, very intense tactical training Um, just a few years ago and we continue to keep that up just because you know physically when you go through different things you build muscle memory and so you want to keep up skills that you have learned so just like I I used to be really fluent in Spanish and I stopped speaking Spanish because it wasn't something that I was encountering every day and so I kind of lost the skill so one of the things that my dad's dying wish was, you know, when I'm gone, make sure you keep up this tactical training that we started when you were really, really young wow. and continue to do it.
1: You know, it's so cool about that. And I'm, I'm sure yeah. this is semi-related somehow, but um, <clears throat> being an entrepreneur is scary yeah. sometimes. You know what I mean? We face some, I mean, n- not the same thing as if you're in Vietnam or the military, but, you know, being an entrepreneur takes an enormous amount of guts and I'm wondering with the tactical training, I don't know about survival, but defensive skills, did that, did that, does that carry over into your mindset, you know, for when you're in situations like that?
2: Well, I think definitely it's a mindset. And I mean, definitely it's a mindset. And I think that, you know, when you're, and I think, you know, before we've had a conversation that I talked about the fact that I was overseas with my father when he became very ill in communist China and, you know, that training that I had been brought up with helped me in that situation. I found myself on a little remote island in the South Pacific. Um, They did not speak um, Mandarin or Cantonese. They spoke an island dialect. And so I found myself on an island, my father in life support, no communication outside of that little island. Um, I I had no money. There was a situation where my father's the current wife at the time actually took all of the money um, when she found out he was very very ill um, and so we were just stuck and it was up to me to strategically figure out a way number one when you're overseas you are the caregiver to your person your your family member who's in the hospital they don't have technical nursing staff like we have here wow. so you're buying the medical supplies you're changing the sheets you're boiling the rice to put down their, you know put through their their feeding tube you're emptying the dialysis machine. You're doing all of these things that really we take for granted here and then figuring out how to get us off the island. Um, and and making help, you know, making sure that my father survived. All of those skills that I learned from a tactical standpoint kicked in when I found myself basically in a battle.
1: Mm. So you founded, this is so interesting, Shannon. You founded a company called advanced Did you, when you started it, did you have visions of, I mean, basically offering accounting services to small businesses, large businesses, or did you see it going in a different direction? Was it an accounting firm or
2: what was your vision? It was because my mom actually had a little tiny firm of her own that she was working in. And, you know, I thought I well, I'll just come home and mom does taxes and I'll just do taxes and I'll raise my children. I was married at the time and I'll just, you know, I'll work four months out of the year. And I'll raise my kids and we'll have a pretty nice little income. And then I found myself divorced after 18 years of marriage and a single mom. My son has Asperger's. So there's some challenges there. And um, I realized that I was made for, for bigger and better things than just tax preparation. And that I really had a strategic mind for problem solving And so out of that, uh, we just really began to look at the strategic coaching and and advising and the tax planning realm. And from there, as I've continued to do podcasting, I I meet all kinds of different people. And what I'm finding is that there's a lot of people who have IRS issues. Mm -hmm. And the IRS um, can be very intimidating and a very scary situation to find themselves in. And you know, through no fault of their own, their current tax professional may not be well equipped with doing battle and having a strategic mind. And so that's where the the business has just kind of exploded from that standpoint.
1: So, um, so interesting. I I think I mentioned when I was introducing you, you know, stand up to anyone, do battle with the IRS. How can entrepreneurs prepare to do battle when the IRS comes knocking? And I mean, where they come knocking with a, a, a legitimate beef or, you know, you know, I get a letter from the IRS saying one thing, and it's completely innocent, and it rocks me to my core <laughs> at the organization. How, so what can entrepreneurs do, first of all, to make sure they're you know, they're kind of left alone, fly under the radar, or whatever, but then if, if they do come knocking for an audit or something worse?
2: Right, definitely. So I think, number one, I, one of the things I see that entrepreneurs lack most of the time is proper bookkeeping. It's like an afterthought. And really, especially with the new tax law changes, keeping your bookkeeping and making sure you have all of your documentation is so critical. And I think that's the number one thing that gets overlooked. So you you really should be paying for a good bookkeeper. I mean, plain and simple. Um, I was just looking at someone's P and L today, and he doesn't do his own books. And I said, you know, you what is this line item that's negative on your profit and loss? Your payroll is negative. And he said, what? And number one, he couldn't read his financial statement, and number two, he did. You know, he didn't, you know, he should have had a positive number on his payroll line. So it's really important to make sure that you're, if you're having someone else do your books, that they are actually doing them correctly. And then if the IRS comes knocking, I don't know how many times I actually see a letter that's incorrect, that the IRS has actually questioned something from a a client and it's not actually correct. And what the client wants to do is just pay it to make it go away. Right. They don't want any more correspondence coming from the IRS. And oftentimes that, you know, when you receive a letter, it can be cleared up with sending more information or clarifying something on a return or correcting a return. So I would think that when you get a letter like that, don't panic, you know, but don't ignore it either. Because right. that's the next thing that happens is people actually ignore it. They stick their head in the sand and then you get that 30-day letter and a 60-day letter and a 90-day letter. And all of a sudden the IRS is not happy with you and they're, they're you're getting a, you're a lien or a levy notice. And so it's important to be proactive. If you get a letter from the IRS to actually find, find a professional and get on top of it right away. And then once you find that professional, make sure that they're on top of it, that it's not gotten put underneath a pile of paperwork and they've forgotten to take care of it. Um, that they are actively like every 28 we we communicate with our clients at least every 21 to 28 days even if it's no news um, we're still communicating with them so that they know that we're working on their behalf
1: that's such a good point Um, you know I know I really appreciate um, my accountant will push back why do you do you first of all is it your experience do you believe that um, small business owners do not have an either an accountant who's either good or bad, I don't know if that's a fair question, but who, who don't have the temerity to push back on their clients. I mean, God, what a red flag that would be to have a negative payroll number and for somebody, you know, to advise them and 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 make sure when you, when the client asks for something, this is, I'm sorry for this really bastardized question. So my, my question is really this, Shannon, is it, how important is it for entrepreneurs to have a, a CPA who will push back and like, you know, toe the uh, ethical line, so to
2: speak. Well, definitely. I mean, I think that you need, you cannot walk in the gray. You should not walk in the gray. Everything that you do should be black and white substantiated by tax law um, or an IRS regulation period. Um, one of the things that I find is that a lot of tax professionals are so busy keeping people in compliance that they may not question the the financial statements that come across their desk they may just prepare them based on numbers that the client has provided without actually getting more information and that's why it's important for the entrepreneur to understand what their financial statements are saying because sometimes that tax professional is just is just preparing the tax return but you know it's you want to always be above board i mean you know Years ago, I think that it was easier, people really tried to fly underneath the radar, but currently with the IRS's new in artificial intelligence that they're actually employing, that the days of flying underneath the radar are really gone. Everything is linked, financial, you know, financial institutions are linked, social security is linked, the states are linked, everything is linked together. Um, so it's really, really important to, to be in compliance with all of the regulations. Now, having said that, there are definitely areas of tax planning that an entrepreneur can take a look at to see that where they can legally mitigate taxes. And oftentimes, I find that tax professionals are not taking the time to do that simply because they don't have the time to be proactive. When you come to them on April fifteenth, you know, with your shoebox to file your tax return, all they can do is record history. They they can't rewrite history or or you know. Um, make any changes after that clock strikes, you know, December 31st. And so it's about being very proactive as an entrepreneur as well, because I can own, you know, I know that when I meet with individuals, I usually can find an area that they can save on taxes.
1: I love that. I love the way you said that. Are you in a position where the person you're working with is simply recording history or helping you, uh, you know, be proactive and, and make history or whatever. But yeah, that's really cool because you know, I'm I'm a, whether it's a, an attorney who you hate, you hope you never have, but you always want a good one. And same thing, I think with a CPA. Um, you know, you've had a lot of success in multiple businesses, Shannon. How do you build clientele and make sure they stay clients, and then also refer because that's what a lot of people want. is, I love for my clients to refer more often.
2: Right. So I mean, and referral sources are the best because birds of a feather flock together. You know, and so. Most of our clientele either come from podcasts, like what I'm doing now, um, and they, or they've heard me speak at an organization, or you know, they're referred to us. And so we have a very dedicated experience for each of our clients that we want every client to have the exact same experience across the board, whether they have a, you know, a $500,000 revenue business or a $5 million revenue business. And so we actually built in processes and that's thanks to GE. GE really um, ingrained in my system processes and procedures. And so we have a very definitely written um, course of action that we take with each client so nothing falls through the cracks.
1: That's awesome. Um, the clock is definitely ticking faster than I would like it. (laughs) Let me ask you another question because I want to introduce one other, um, part of your life that that I learned about. You are a former American Baptist pastor. (laughs) And I know I mentioned this serial entrepreneur, you own another company called gunpowder and lace, which is a concealment garment and holster company for women. So first my question is how does your faith impact your business? Uh, and then if you can just tell us briefly about, um, gunpowder and lace.
2: Yeah, definitely. So, you know, I think that my faith is, is um, who I am. I think that whenever I meet a client, my whole goal is to never withhold good when it's in my power and to let my faith kind of shine through. And, and when I work with individuals, oftentimes what we're really dealing with are heart issues, and they may not understand that when they first come to me, you know, if you haven't filed your taxes in 10 years or Um, I can tell you that there's other parts of your life that are probably not in order as well. And so we talk a lot about heart issues, mind issues, head trash, and getting all of that in order because once we have our mindset in order, then everything else will fall into place as well. And I think that that also comes in with my faith. I'm very upfront about the fact that I love Jesus. Now, it's not something I wear on my sleeve. I would hope that my actions reflect um, the mind of Christ when I'm meeting with individuals, and believe me, I am. I'm, a, I'm uh, you know, my mother says I, I I have the mouth of a well-educated sailor sometimes, so that's probably <laughs> got me in trouble as an American Baptist pastor. But I pastored for eight years, and I loved it. And um, I didn't fit the mold, though. I don't fit the mold as your typical accountant, and I didn't fit the mold as your typical pastor because if you hang around with me long enough, I'm going to make you believe that anything's possible. Um, I'm going to make you believe that there's enough prosperity and wealth that you don't have to have um, a, a lack type of mentality or a poverty mindset. So that's something that has gotten me, gotten me in trouble in the religious circles because it didn't fit the mold. Right. Um, but it helps me in business because people want that. People want to be, to grow and have fuller expansion in their life. And sometimes they just don't have the right people around them to do that. Mm. You know, I think I, and I don't know where I heard this, but you know, you become like the five people that you spend the most time with. Well, if you have advisors in your life, don't you think that they should be the ones, you know, if you have five core people in your life and you have your your financial advisor, your accountant, your business coach, your pastor, those are the people you're going to start to become like. And so you, you should be really careful about those that you associate with.
1: Yeah. And you know what? The uh, late great Jim Rohn said that um, yeah. he was the originator of that quote. And how awesome would it be for an accountant who are, you know, not to paint with too broad a brushstroke, but I know a lot of accountants who are not the most exciting people. <laughs> I <I'm> believe <laughs> But so for you to be able to inspire people, I mean, not just inspire them in business, but but in faith, I think is awesome. Really um, quickly, Shannon, tell us about um, tell us about your concealment uh, company.
2: Yes, yeah, so gunpowder and lace grew out of the fact that, you know, I was a military brat and uh, my dad gave me my first firearm because he wanted me as a single woman out there in the world to be protected. But then I also, my best friend was uh, is in the Air Force and another is an air, uh, an air marshal. And we were complaining about all these silly holsters we had that didn't fit our body. And so one day at the kitchen table, we got out a pad of paper and started drawing what what would be a comfortable concealment garment that's going to, you know, hold us in where it needs to hold us in, but also give us ability to conceal a firearm. And out of that um, 13 patents later, we have gunpowder and lace and uh, and offer those concealment garments for women. So it's a way that women can confidently carry and still dress like a female.
1: Awesome. Well, what a fantastic interview. I'm sure people are are, are amazed at the depth and breadth of, of your of your life so far. How can people connect with you and learn more about you, Shannon?
2: So perfect, yes. My website's called advancedaccounting.com. And on the right-hand top corner, if they would like to connect with me and have a conversation over Zoom, I'd be more than happy to do that. That's something that we offer, a review or, or just even to touch base. Or they can find me at on Facebook at Advanced Accounting or Shannon Stewart. At ShannonStewart.com, that is for my professional speaking that I do.
1: Wonderful! Hey, what a what a great uh, interview! I think we even had a better one than before. <laughs> so, thanks again for coming back and um, sharing some of your brilliance with my audience. Thank
2: you so much.
1: Hey, folks, that wraps up this special interview with Shannon Stewart. Be sure to connect with me at GetJimPalmer.com, DreamBizCoaching.com, or join my free Facebook group, Build Your Dream Business Now. Um, Until next week, another fantastic interview on Dream Business Radio. I am Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach, and you take good care.